Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Lion's Guy podcast, where we take on topics and performance and personal growth by exploring the success stories of our guests and the lessons they've learned. I interview other subject matter experts and also review books and other resources to help us all establish clarity, build courage, and lead. I'm your host, Dale Walls. I'm the founder of Lion's Guide. And on this episode, we've got Brittany Anderson. And Brittany is the president and shareholder of a top-ranked financial services firm, Sweet Financial Partners. Uh, she's been in the field for about a decade. And you know, through all of her business building and team-engaging insights, she's worked with a number of CEOs, entrepreneurs, business owners, and authors. And and her insights have also been featured in some major outlets such as Huffington Post, uh, Women Inc., Forbes Magazine, and, and she's also written and published uh, three books and, and will continue to write books. She's writing another two books uh, this year in 2022. So uh, she's an influential speaker and author, and she's spoken at Million Dollar Roundtable, the Raymond James National Conference, and others, and really about... Uh, showing up each day to be more than a title, more than a label, and pursuing a life that fulfills purpose. So uh, on this episode, Brittany and I talk about her story and coming from you know a small town and uh, maybe a traditional path mindset to that of becoming really the true visionary and leader of her life and, and how things change for her in doing so. So it's a really great conversation. I enjoyed it. And I, I think you're going to love it too. So if you like the sound of that, before we get started, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our other great guests and content. Uh, as always, this podcast is sponsored by Lions Guide. And if you've been tuning in and getting value from the show, then do yourself a favor, go out to lionsguide.com and join our free members community called The Pride. Uh, it's no cost to you. You get access to all kinds of free exclusive content to include yet to be released episodes of the podcast. I've got reading lists posted out there. Uh, we, do, we do live virtual training events uh, with some guest lecturers. Uh, we've got the private online community to engage with other growth-minded members and really a whole lot more. So uh, joining the Pride community is free, um, putting it all together to help you guys break out of your rut, break through to that next best version of yourself, always by establishing clarity, building your courage, and being the true leader of your life. So check it out now. Go to lionsguide.com and join today. With that said, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to another episode of Lions Guide Podcast. And on today's episode, we have Mrs. Brittany Anderson, who is an author, speaker, entrepreneur, fellow podcast host, uh, mother of three, a wife, you know. So obviously, she's got to be on here to talk high performance because she's getting all that done. So Brittany, hey, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you. Man, I get I get tired sometimes listening to all those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what do you do? Yeah. So again, I'm Brittany Anderson. I am currently the president and partner in a wealth planning firm in the wonderful tundra of Southern Minnesota. Uh, have three beautiful babies, have an awesome husband, and uh, I'm really excited about today's conversation. Just one of my big passions and focus is helping spread possibility, spread positivity, and, and helping people realize their full potential. So in a tiny little nutshell, that's really that's really where I'm at right now. Yeah, it's good. I mean, 
man, we need it because it's just like so much fog that we're dealing with. Like, between, I don't know, during the stupid news and world events. I mean, it's all, look, there's plenty of legit stuff going on, but it's just like, we're just constantly surrounded, you know, it feels like. So it's it's good to kind of talk about the possibilities of what you could be doing, what's out there for you. So I, I appreciate that for sure. So so are you originally from Minnesota? Is, is that where you uh, came up or what? You know, I've spent a good portion of my life here. However, I was born in Southern California, so stark difference. Uh, Lived out there. My parents divorced when I was four. Uh, So my mom and my brother and I moved to Southern Minnesota to be closer to some of her family and uh, ended up going to school for a good portion of my my elementary and junior high and those super fun years, if you ask my mom. Uh, And then I ended up moving back out to California to live with my dad in my high school days and early college. Uh, So doing the recap on it, I've been back in Minnesota for about 16 years now, and it is amazing how stinking fast that flies, let me tell (laughs) you. Dude, that is such a difference, right? Where where were you you at in Southern California? I was in, well, between Orange County and Riverside County. Mm, So in the heart of what people think is all glitz and glam and... uh, there's a little bit a uh, different reality than than what you see on on TV. I will say, That's, is that is that more like the Mojave area? Like, is it more deserty so out where you if are? If you were to go, like, think about everybody knows San Diego and everybody knows LA. If you mm-hmm. go kind of at a little triangle inland from there, that's about where Riverside was. So that's where I spent my my later years in in high school and in early years of college. Yeah, I, I so I when in the Marines I was stationed at uh, Camp Pendleton, so I vaguely oh. remember Riverside and all that. Where, so where's Riverside with res- respect to Palm Springs? Is that like a little north of Palm Springs or? Uh, let me think about this. Yes, yeah, so I do believe that Palm Springs is a little bit more south and a little bit more inland. Um, mm. Don't don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, I didn't spend. I, I, I've been to Palm Springs one time in my life, so. Uh, definitely Palm Springs is more into the desert than Riverside was. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cause that's what I'm picturing. Like I would always felt like, you know, the minute you started to go inland, it started to get like a lot of dirt, rocks and dust real yep. quick. A lot of dry, arid, hot temperatures. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and definitely different than Minnesota. Uh, amen. I, I mean, you know, as we were leading up to this, I'm looking outside and I'm like, wow, it's 30 degrees and sunny today. That's amazing. Uh, what a great day. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Good for you. The, uh, I mean, so when do you guys finally get summer? Like June? Yeah, there's about three minutes of summer that we get sometime <laughs> in June or July. And then it turns to, I don't know what. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, it, you know, it, it's, 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 and, you know, and you really, I'm I'm joking about this, but man, you guys have it rough. Like you know, I'm because I'm in Maryland. You know, the Mason Dixon line ish. We get four even seasons, and then like I've got clients and friends that are north and like Minnesota, Wisconsin, and hugh boy, like man, just you guys can have that. You know, I I mean. You know, it is what you make it though. I'm definitely more of a fair weather individual, but I will say that the summers that we do get, I joke around about it, but they are beautiful. We are surrounded by so many lakes in our community. We have five, we're sort of a town of 10,000 people, really, really small. That's where our office is, but we have five awesome lakes. They're connected. There's fun little restaurants on the lakes that you can pull your boat and dock up to. And then fall is beautiful, especially you have kids. There's orchards and all kinds of neat stuff. And winter, I don't have a lot of great things to say about it. But when you've got little ones and you can get outside and build a snowman, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm finding the silver linings here. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. You, I mean, you get used to it, and it's just your way of life. And <laughs> they, uh, so, what was growing up like for you? Did you, um, you know, so you're back and forth from California. There's some big transitions, right? You know, like was that during yeah. high school? You say you were back and forth at one point too. That's that's a major point. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, you know, growing up in a single parent household, my mom, extremely hard worker. Uh, she was one that her whole soul focus, and I can I can honestly say this was to provide for my brother and I. Uh, sometimes at the sacrifice of herself, right? So, uh, spent a lot of time working. She worked in um, uh, as a dispatcher. So, at the local police department, she was a dispatcher, and with that comes rotating shifts and extra shifts and night shifts and all of that. So my brother and I uh, definitely became independent, I think, early on. Uh, The nice thing about it is, you know, being in Southern Minnesota, and I fully see why, you know, as as a preteen, I would look at my mom and be like, why on earth would you choose Minnesota over Southern California where I could be at the beach, I could be in the ocean, I could be doing all kinds of fun things. Uh, Now as an adult and as a mom myself, I absolutely realized why she did it. You know, it was nice because even though, you know, she worked a lot of hours, she always had a pulse on us. Uh, We were in a small community. It was safe. It was one of those things where, you know, she knew that she could go to work and she could provide and, and we wouldn't get into too much trouble. So, uh, yeah. So going back and forth a little bit, that's the struggle of the broken home. Uh, you know, spending some time, I spent summers with my dad. And then, uh, as a teenager, I made the decision that I really wanted to go live out there for a while and see how the other half lived. And, uh, spent about, I think five years there and started college. I was going to the university of California in Riverside and, uh, business after, uh, full transparency here. If a young person is listening to this, I changed majors like four or five times, finally landed on business, ended up coming back to Minnesota and really building my roots and and getting a foundation here and encountered sweet financial partners. And it's kind of all history from there. So as I said earlier, I've been here for 16 years now and right now don't plan on going anywhere. So I jokingly tell people like I got drugged back to Maryland from our, uh, Oceanside kicking and screaming. Like, so what, what, what brought you back to Minnesota? You know, as you, for me, at least as I got a little bit older, I was really looking at, you know, there's a couple things in life I've, I've been certain of. Um, there's a lot of things in life I have not been certain of, but the one was that I knew I wanted at some point in my life to have a family. I, I wanted kids of my own. Um, and another thing too, is I knew I did not want to sit on the 91 freeway for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So you know, when I looked at it, I was spending so much time in traffic and just really looking at, you know, quality of life and cost of living out there. You know, I, I knew I wanted to create a possibility for my own future. And I just looked at what was happening in Southern California at the time and kind of went, you know, it'd be fun to, you know, live by the ocean and do all that. But if you can't necessarily afford to go anywhere or do anything, just because you're living in a desirable area, I want to do something where I can create more opportunity for my future, for my kids, and not have to worry about sending them to a school that has to have brick walls around it for fear of whatever's going on in the world. So that was a huge contributing factor for me when I looked forward. Always a very future-looking, forward-looking, almost to my own detriment kind of person from a super young age. Yeah. No, well, that's good. I mean, to to have that kind of discipline, I'll say, to, to kind of pick your head up and look a little bit farther out than that. So good on you. The uh, So you were, you were talking about jumping back and forth for the young folks, because I've got young folks in our circle that are in the college 
age? Yeah. Like what was the reason for the bouncing back and forth? What would you tell uh, someone in college today as far as like what you learned about picking your major and where to land with that? Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll give a little bit of my path and, and bring it full circle to answer your question. So I started out thinking that I wanted to go into psychology and a huge driver for that was because I had a cousin who I absolutely looked up to and that's what she was going to school for. She was like seven years older than me. And I thought, you know, that sounds like a good gig. I, I admired her. So that's what I chose. I took one science class and I was like, this hmm. is horrible. So I ended up switching and uh, I went the direction of communications. So I quickly learned that I loved uh, all things, uh, content, creation, creativity. So I started going down that path, uh, dabbled a little bit in looking at the English major. I thought I wanted to be a college professor teaching. Um, then I realized that I didn't really love all the kind of technical side of that. Uh, bounced in between, let's see, English major, uh, education, communications. And then finally, as I was pulling it all together, I was like, I don't think it's really teaching. I don't think it's really creation. I don't think it's necessarily understanding what makes people tick. I think it's all of it. So that's what brought me into business is I thought, you know, I, I love people. I love understanding other uh, other individuals and, and really what drives them. And I want to be able to make an impact. So I wasn't 100% sure where I was going to go with it. But I knew that uh, uh, that business was, was really where my heart was. Uh, ended up with an emphasis. I, I loved marketing, uh, loved just the whole entrepreneurial vision as you learn more about that. So that's really where I ended up landing. And, you know, I think, I think college, you know, when people, when you're graduating high school and people are asking you, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to go to school for? What do you want to be? What do you want for your future? I mean, so many kids, myself included, are like, I, I you know, pretty much have always known that I'm going to wake up and there's food on the table. And when I go to college, I'm not sure that that's going to be the case. So how do I make a decision for my entire future? I think that college in general it has to be a time of self-discovery and you have to dabble in everything. So don't take it so seriously and don't feel like when you are going on to that next phase of life and going through that transition that you have to have it all figured out because even at now 36 years old, I still don't have it all figured out. It's learning, it's growth, and it's really discovering who you are and, and what drives you and the impact you can make. So don't take yourself too seriously and just figure it out along the way. Yeah. And I really appreciate that because I think, man, it's such a, it's, it's such this, uh, narrow path. It seems like go to school, pick your major. And, and I, I'm not that path myself, so I don't necessarily relate to it. I knew that I would, I knew I did not fit in that path, but I feel for those kids who kind of get in these, like you said, to make these hard decisions early and they really don't know. Um, and it's almost like, I was going to say a trick, but it's not a trick. It's just like they're already starting a little tripped up because they're walking like 10 feet this way only to learn they don't want to go that way. And they've got to kind of in there constantly kind of bouncing back like you you kind of did a little bit. So it's uh, it's tough. Yeah, you know, I, I completely agree with that. And I think too, you know, there are some people out there. I mean, I think about people in my own life who they knew exactly, like from a young age, exactly what they wanted to be. 
That's what they went to school for. That's what they became. And they are completely happy and fulfilled. But again, I think sometimes and I, I blame it on my entrepreneurial brain and, and that constant, you know, being that futuristic thinker and that futuristic just person in general. Uh, you, you know, I'm always looking for opportunity and always looking at how I can grow. Uh, you, you know, if you think about anybody that's going into school, I wouldn't look at it as a, a method to, you know, ha- have finalization, right? It's not a finite thing. Learning should be lifelong. Whether you go to a university, you go to a community college, you go to a trade school, you decide to just go straight entrepreneurial right out the gate, which I know many people have had success in that regard. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Just consider the fact that life, it, nothing is finite and learning should be something you commit to for forever. Yeah, there's a right. There's no finish line in that. It's like a constantly revolving door, ride, like all of the above. It's it's in and, and, and it really like looking back, I kind of go like, man, just go with what you enjoy. What's what's gonna? It's it's all about fulfillment, right? Like at the end of the day, you'll oh, yeah. you'll learn that it's it's about the the joy and vibrancy, less about the money, because it's so easy to be comfortable in so many ways these days that we take for granted. Um, but you know, really there it's, it's, it's to be in hell to have that like six figure job that you hate, that you're stuck to for 60 hours a week. Right. And, and I feel like some of this, especially with this social media and the glam put on, you know, money and wealth and, and, and there's a difference between wealth and rich or whatever. And what you see online, and 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 I feel like some folks are like chasing that to their to their de- the demise of their health and happiness oh, yeah. to in a way you know. You know, you're dead on with that. I mean, there's this is a, a real thing. Like you can go pay a studio to take pictures in a fake private jet just so you can post it on social media. I mean, that is mind boggling to me and how much unrest that causes for people. So there is, there's this notion that, you know, money breeds success. And I think success is what you make it and what you define it by. Uh, You know, I, I think there's, there's so much in that comparison game. And, and you know, I, I want to circle back too, because you said something earlier that made me think about a great comment that I heard from uh, Dan Sullivan, the founder of Strategic Coach. Uh, brilliant guy. If you're in uh, an entrepreneurial space, he is absolutely one to pay attention to, but talked about how so many people in their life spend time trying to sharpen their weaknesses. So trying to improve their weaknesses when in reality where people should be focusing is on their strengths and how do you make your strengths even better? So when you talk about, you know, focus on the things that you enjoy, focus on the things that fill you up. I think that's such brilliant advice because we all feel like we have to fix our vices well, all you ever end up with then is strong weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So if we spent all of our time going all in on our strengths, on the things that make us uniquely us, my gosh, think about what a world that would be. So I, that you just made me think of that when you were talking about, you know, really working on the things that you enjoy. Yeah. And that's when, when you start to understand that from a business perspective, you start to realize like you just delegate those things that you don't enjoy doing. And, and there are people that do enjoy doing those things and they'll do it. 10 times better than you ever will because (laughs) you hate it. They love it. And because you hate it, you're avoiding it. And you're, you know what I mean? It's just. The root of procrastination. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's the root of procrastination. Doing the things you don't want to do. hundred percent. You know, so, well, here's one for you. We'll jump around a little bit. So as a mother of what, three now? Yep. Three babies. So you mentioned the social media. Do you have, do you have a position on the youth and 
getting the phones and social media and all that stuff at this point yet? You know, I have thought about it. Uh, my daughter, my oldest is eight and you know, she, she watches, I'm, I'm, I'm not unique. She has her own tablet and she sees some of her YouTube things and all that. And these kids that have cell phones. And you know, I, I think the first, the, the first comment I'll make is I think you have to make that decision for yourself as a parent. Mm. I am not one that's like, oh my gosh, hard and fast. Kids shouldn't get a cell phone until they're 13. Or, you know, you shouldn't ever give them a phone. They have to get a job first and then they can get it. Like, I don't, whatever. Whatever works for you is fine. You know, for me, I'm taking it year by year. Right now, I'm not buying my eight-year-old a phone. No matter how cool she thinks it would be, I'm not doing it. Uh, maybe in a couple years, I'll change my mind and there'll be something that causes me to go down that path. But you know, I think parenting is tough. And, you know, I think moms or women in particular, and this isn't taking anything away from, you know, dads, from men, from whatever. But I think sometimes women have these unrealistic expectations of themselves. They have to be the perfect parent, the perfect wife, the perfect friend, the perfect career person, the perfect professional. And, and you know, judgment's a real thing. So I think if, if whatever works for you, that's what you should choose. Um, and just make sure that you're being smart about it and you're considering all sources and you're not just taking whatever your friend says or whatever surface level news article you check out, at least deep dive into it and make a good decision for yourself and your family. Yeah, a hundred percent. Cause it is, it, it, it almost comes down to the child too a bit, you know, I think oh, like, yeah. are they mature enough to handle it? You know, do, you know, how, how deep rooted are the, the character values that you want to see, you know, because I just think like as parents, we're up against so much already in, yeah. in like my, my, my oldest son, he's, he's, he just turned 13. Like he has, but we're not doing the, like the social media thing. I, I just, I like it, personally, I feel that's, um, I see a lot of parents do it, but just personally, I'm like, wow, like I'll tell anybody and I'll say it here publicly. I don't think most adults can handle social media, let alone <laughs> a freaking kid. Yeah. Sorry. You know, like, oh gosh, <laughs> we're having a debate right now, like whether my son should get Snapchat or not. And it's like, you know, I, I just say the same thing. I just say, I, I don't think most adults can handle it. I'm, I'm not sure we like, what's the necessity, you know, I don't know. It's, it's the, it's the juice, juice worth the squeeze, you know, I don't know. I think, you know, you're so dead on with that. And it just makes me think. So I, I have like the secret. If you want to know one of my like guilty pleasures is a really good meme. And I just saw one the other day that was like, I used to think that it would be such a great superpower to read people's minds. And then social media came about. Oh, man. And I think that's so true. And and again, it's like you think about the mental and, and really, I mean, I don't want to go down this hole too far, but if you think about the mental strain and actual like true cases of depression that social media has shown to cause in people, uh, imagine putting your kids, I mean, I think about, you know, my gosh, my eight-year-old, I, I can't imagine putting them or giving them access to that. And at 13 even, and I think you bring up a great point, whether it's phone, social media, it's whatever, it really does depend on the kid because each kid is at different stages of life, you, you know, depending, you can put two 10 year olds next to each other and they're going to be polar opposite, totally different. One could be extremely responsible. The other, maybe not so much. Both are okay. Uh, but it's all what you feed them, what you put in front of them. And, and, you know, there's, 
you know, social media, the the media in general, you can definitely find whatever you're searching for. So being that role model for your kid too, and not getting sucked into the negative news and not getting absolutely engulfed in what everybody else is doing, but rather just watering your own grass. That's all I can say is water your own grass and focus on yourself. And that's where you'll make the best progress. Yeah. I mean, two great points. And I have not seen that meme and I'm going to go find it because that is awesome. I mean, really awesome. I, I mean, personally, I'll tell you, like I not not LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn, I didn't have this problem, but I went in and like on Facebook, like I unfollowed everyone, especially mm. like the last two years where it's just getting so crazy. I didn't want to like unfriend people, but I, I to the point of your meme, I would see stuff and go, man, I really wish I didn't see you say that or act that way. Right. Because yes. um, I, I just, you know, look, I'd like to say. I'm mature enough to know that there's opposing views out there in the world. And we all, you know, there's a rap song that says something like we all live in the same building. We just have different views. Like, mm -hmm. and that's, that's true, right? Like there's just different perspectives and you kind of got to pick your head up to realize that, you know, your way is not the only way and just kind of got to try aim to seek to understand, you know, these other sides so we can all be better. But it, what's most disappointing is see people to get so rabid, like <laughs> on their view. And I would just like, unfollow, 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 because I just, you know, I, I just, it's hard. It's hard for me. You know, it's really hard for me to like, um, see that. So I'd prefer not to see it. I, like you said, I prefer not to know what's on your mind sometimes, you know, and don't put it out there. You know, it's, it's the adage too. you know, I wish more people would embrace this, the whole thing of seek to understand versus seeking to be understood. Yeah. And I think that's a good theme. I mean, if you think about, you know, acting as a leader, like as a human being, not as a manager, not as a business professional, not as whatever, there's not a title associated with it. Just being a leader in your own regard, it truly is. It's trying to be understanding. But then I think on the other side of that, I mean, I think about all that's happened in the last few years. It is hard for anybody to comprehend what has gone down in the last few years in the world that we live in. And I think the, the worst thing we can do for ourselves and the most poison we can put on our head is to feed into the negativity, to follow it, to succumb to it, to join in on it. Again, it's, and I don't want to geek out on the science component of it, but you know, our brain has this reticular activating system that literally it looks for evidence or proof or truth behind what you put in front of it. Hmm. So if you're looking for ways to be mad, you're going to find it. If you're <laughs> looking for things to bring you down and evidence that the world sucks and everything's bad and people are bad and you know the, the world's coming to an end and everything else that comes with it, if you're looking for evidence of that, you are absolutely going to find it. On the other hand, if you do what you did and you unfollow that negativity and you choose to remove yourself from it and just not even you know, encounter it, that sets you up for a much greater chance of mental success and just mental peace. So I think that's really important that that people are aware of that at least. At least to the point where you choose what's getting shoved in your brain. You know what I mean? Like, so, so like when I hear stuff, I'll like kind of choose if I want to kind of dive deeper. You know what I mean? Because oh, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's like you get hit with these, you know, headlines and, you know, and it, go, it goes down and then we'll, we'll climb back out of this rabbit hole maybe. But the uh, it's, you know, I try to warn people like everything we see, um, it's like that, did you see the social dilemma on Netflix or whatever? It talks about like, if you're not paying for the service, yeah. you are the service. Like, and I yep. thought that was like one of the best lines ever. And, you know, the truth of the matter is like, 
media, social media, they're all businesses, you know, and the more we're incited and clicking and, and doing the things that we do when we're triggered, their value goes up, their, their ad rates go up, blah, blah, blah. And, and you got to know, like you are the product. So, you know, the, and, and it comes down to awareness, right? Like, so we're going to get here as Absolutely. far as the high performance part. It's like the, <laughs> it goes back to old GI Joe. You ever see GI Joe back in the day? Like, more you know or whatever it was like no one's half to battle like it's that's where awareness fits in a day if you kind of understand how these things are working and why they work and how they exist you'll you'll be able to kind of level up a little bit you know yeah, see absolutely. the forest for the trees and not fall for these traps and and maybe at least question more and keep your own mindfulness but so. absolutely yeah. And you're right. It's, it's questioning and it's making sure that you can form an educated opinion regardless of where you're at. Right. But again, I just, I'm a huge proponent, feed yourself, feed your brain with the good stuff, feed it with the positive, find evidence of people being good and doing good. I, I mean, that's, I don't know about anybody else, but that's a way that I would much rather or much prefer to live my life is believing that things are good and believing that the world is truly good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and focus on, Man, the stuff that you can control, like knowing what your goals are, like I feel like sometimes like people like click, cling on to this stuff because they don't want to face their own problems that they need to deal with. You know what I mean? Like we we all got mm. our own problems, our own goals, or whatever. And sometimes these 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 weekly divides, I call them, like in the states, it's like every week. I, I jokingly tell my friends, like, so what are we supposed to be divided about this week? You know, and it's just <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because I'm not I'm not following you know everything. I'm like, so what are we supposed to be mad about this week? On this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, because it's a joke. It not that it's a joke, but it's kind of like something I just throw around as a jokingly. I'll say it's like, man, yeah, what are yeah. we supposed to be mad at each other about this week? Don't fill me in. <laughs> but you know, the truth of the matter is, I think some folks. Um, you know, use it as a convenient distraction, you know, from working on the stuff they really should be working on. And, mm -hmm. and to your point, like water your own grass, man, like the more uh, you were talking about leadership and, and there's a leadership aspect, you know, there's influence, like you, you can lead people directly, they work for you, they're your kids, whatever. Um, but leadership is also indirect in how you set the example for others, right? And the more you're working on you and capturing your goals and and having talks like like we're having today about how we're overcoming getting getting things done that we want to get done um yeah. that influence inspires others to kind of start checking in so to your point like the more you stew and the the negativity and you know sit around and gossip and talk about how and be all nihilistic and whatnot the more you do that and like clock's ticking man you know and your goals are slipping slipping by you know another lost day and, and getting done what really matters you know within your within your reach it's so true. And, and if you think about it, like attracts like. So if you're in that that mindset of, you know, being concerned with what is going around around you, whether it's your friends, it's the news, it's, you know, whatever that is, you're going to attract people that are also like that. It's kind of like the laws of nature, right? Like attracts like. Uh, so I think about that. And I think you bring up such a great point too with goals. And this is something that you know, when we're talking with, you know, I think about clients, I think about my friends, I think about family alike. It's like set something that gets you so stinking excited that all the other stuff 
it's, it's mere entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where when you say you choose what you click on, you choose what you look at. You know, I'm not perfect. And I click on the news headings just like anybody else does because mm-hmm. we're all guilty of it. I don't care what anybody says. I think everybody does it in some minor capacity. But when you've got goals and you've got something that you're focusing on, it just creates this different momentum for your life. I mean, I think about that with, with my kids too. You know, I start talking to my kids about goals so young. So my oldest is eight. And then I have a four-year-old and a three-year-old. My eight-year-old, like she sat down, uh, it was actually right around New Year's this year. And she mapped out goals for her future. And I told her, like, she she loves dance. She's in dance. She's so smart. I mean, the kid is, she, she amazes me every day with her talents. But I've told her, you know, I, I don't I don't really care that you're better than anybody else. What I care about is that you're better than who you were yesterday. And that's, you know, when you think about goals and you're thinking that having that trajectory forward, I mean, that's the comparison game that you could be trapped or that you should be stuck in, right? Just looking at how do I improve myself? How do I show up as an even better, you know, spouse, mother, father, friend, employee, employer, you know, whatever that looks like for you, how do you just focus on you? Again, water your grass. How do you make (laughs) yourself an even better human being? That's really the only thing we can control these days. Attitude and energy. That's it. Everything yeah. else is pretty much outside of our control. And I think, you know, 2020 on has been evidence of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And like you hit on another thing because I, what you said earlier about the um, seek first to understand and then be understood. Like to me, that I, I first heard that in Stephen, Stephen Covey's highly effective habits, I think it was. But yep. isn't another one of his like, uh, is keep the main thing the main thing? Is that one of the, um, yes, I do believe so. Yeah. And, and so same thing, right? Like if you don't have a main thing, like it's easy to get caught up in this noise, right? So to your point, like if you have your own goals and you see this stuff, like the latest shark attack in the lakes in Minnesota, you know, some crazy stuff and you're going, <laughs> yeah, this really doesn't apply to me, you know, cause it's, it's not, it's not congruent with what you're after. Like if you have goals set for yourself and you're, they're serious and there's stuff you're passionate about, it becomes easier. Like it, I call it the power to say no, like, you know, it becomes easier yeah. to say no to that stuff because it's just not you you can judge its relevance to your main thing but otherwise your your eyes on the prize you know you gotta have you got what's the prize for you You some people don't have it you know no and and i and i think that that's so true i mean if you think about think about people in your life or from your life you know maybe right now you're in a great spot and you're surrounded by big thinkers all the time and people that are super goal focused and you know dream focused and whatever that looks like but i think we all know somebody or have known somebody that's just stuck Right? That's just like they can't get out of this rut. They 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 can't move forward. You know, they they maybe have that mentality that life is out to get them. Again, nothing is good, everything is bad, people are bad, that kind of thing. And if you look at one common golden thread that comes through it all, typically it's not having that thing that they are working towards mm-hmm. or that goal that they are working towards. You know, I think this can even happen too in high achievers where you achieve, 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 achieve. You've achieved so much that you kind of get to this point where you don't even know necessarily what's next. Mm. And that's where I think, you know, maybe poor choices or poor behaviors or addictions or things like that can start to come out when you don't have that thing that really, truly motivates you. Mm -hmm. I think there's a big difference too. There's a big difference between having some like monetary goal you're going after versus something that's actually meaningful to you. So I think Mm -hmm. there's a clear delineation there. Yeah, no, 100%. Because it, that's where the passion part of it comes in, you know, the meaningfulness and all that. And, and that's where if you've read uh, 
Grit by Angela Duckworth. That's where she talks about the ability to persevere has to come from your passion for that project or that sport or career or whatever it is. Because absent that, like you, you kind of lose a why, you know, a little bit. And start I'm literally writing down the word grit because I'm reading this book. I absolutely that that sounds awesome. Yeah, there's a there's a um, hers is good. Um, and then one that's a little bit like hers is very good uh, philosophically and, and some of the statistics around it. And Dave Fivecoat has a book called uh, Grow Your Grit, which gets a lot more tactical, which is really, really great, too. He's been a guest on a, a, the Lions Guide a few times now. So it's, it's, a, mm, it's a really good awesome. Book. I am absolutely checking both of them out. Yeah, check uh, them grit out. It's such a good word. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it's so good. Hey guys, Dale here, and I wanted to take a quick break to invite you to join the launch of the Lions Guide community called The Pride. You see, whether it was at work dealing with the demands of the day or maintaining the demands of my life at home, I always seemed to feel like my struggles were unique, like somehow I was the only one struggling to find joy amidst all the weight that I felt I was carrying each day. And you know what I've come to realize is that we all have our struggles that we're up against, and it's pretty demanding. The only way to rise to those demands is to decide and make the change to adopt a growth mindset, to be what I call a high performer. And that's why I started Lions Guide. I want to help you break through to the next level of you and your ability to not only meet, but exceed those demands on you. And in doing so, find your joy again. If you're a growth-minded individual ready to make a change, then I'm here for you. And this is how you get started. I invite you to visit lionsguide.com and sign up to join the Pride. The Pride is the Lions Guide community for growth-minded members like you. Once signed up, you'll get special access to all the free content and resources I'm putting out there. You'll also be invited to join my live online events where I host sessions on personal growth and high performance. You'll also be able to engage with other growth-minded members on our private online group. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast as a member, you'll get access not only to all the podcasts, but also the podcasts that have been yet to be released. So get access to all this and more. So break out of that rut, break into your next level, and join me on lionsguide.com, and let's grow together. Go to lionsguide.com and become a member of the Pride today. Now back to the show. So entrepreneurship, how do you get in, get find yourself, you know, to get starting businesses or with Sweet and so on? Yeah. You know, um, when I think back now, I think I've always had that bone in my body that is looking for opportunity. And I think that's really kind of the, the secret sauce behind an entrepreneur is they don't need a whole lot of opportunities that they don't love. Mm-hmm. Uh, but honestly, to have a really, really concise path, you know, I look back, uh, I was in college and I was actually managing a jewelry store for a large national chain. Uh, didn't really love the corporate world, didn't love the ladder, the hierarchy, the things that came with that. And so for me, that then when I was looking forward in my career, um, I just decided, I'm like, you know what? I don't think that's for me. So a job ad went up. Again, I was in my senior year of college and it was for this client service position at this place called Sweet Financial. It was services at the time. And uh, you know, there was something about it that I was like, I have to work there. And honestly, I mean, I think back and I'm like, I have, I don't really know why. I, I really have no idea what it was exactly. I can't pinpoint one thing, but there was just something about the company that I was like, I just need to be part of it. So fast forward through a super drawn out hiring process. I think it was like four or eight months or something. I, I got the job and uh, started, you know, working here. I was in that point uh, servicing clients with processing and paperwork. And I love the clients. I love the people I worked with, but I was like, this is not, this role in particular is not what I was put on this earth to do. So uh, 
you know, through a different chain of events, I ended up moving into the director of operations role, which put me working much closer with our founder, Brian Sweet. Uh, Brian is by definition, a visionary, like the most visionary human being ever. He is constantly looking at ideas. He's constantly seeing uh, opportunities and everything. He is the full-blown definition of shiny object syndrome (laughs) or the squirrel. And I actually started being part of a program he was involved with, which was Strategic Coach, like I mentioned earlier with Dan Sullivan or founded by Dan Sullivan, uh, working with some of the coaches there. And I'm, st- I'm starting to understand the way that Brian thinks and the mind of the entrepreneur and what drives. And as I learned more and more about him, I actually learned more about myself and started going, wait a second, like this is something that I am really excited about. I love creation. I love, you know, taking something and making it wonderful, making it great, making it beautiful. And, you know, through time and conversations with him, I I started working a lot closer with him as the visionary of the company. Uh, In turn, we started a couple other businesses together. Uh, So I was coaching uh, businesses from all different walks of life, like every different business you can imagine. I was coaching them and doing consulting work and then really honed in and started working with financial advisors because hello, that's our backyard. That's who we are. That's what we do. So why not make other people in that same field, uh, you know, even better at what they do and help them not reinvent the wheel. So it was really just kind of this magical culmination of events that again, it goes back to what I said earlier with self-discovery. It's like, I, I'm, I know for myself, I would not have been happy sitting between four walls, you know, five days a week from this time to this time doing the same job every day. I needed something more and I needed that ability to create and to impact and to control. Uh, there's my little control freak in me. <laughs> but really, that's that's kind of the chain of events, uh, long-winded, but that's really what, what got me into that entrepreneurial spirit or at least helped me uncover it and find it. And how do you feel like you changed, you know, with, with kind of like this awareness of seeing, being influenced by a visionary and some entrepreneurship, like, what what changed for you or how did you change, you feel? Mm. You know, that's such a great question. And, and I'll, I'll share this. Um, so thinking back to when I first started at Sweet, I was in a relationship that was not a good one. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting married. And very shortly after, I got divorced. And the reason like I bring how, that how up. How short are we talking about? Um, well, the, the, the relationship itself was about seven years, but the marriage was less than a year. Wow. Yeah. So... Um, you know, I look back to who I was as a person at that time and, you know, I was not happy and I was not confident and I was really sad and I was constantly looking for, you know, ways to be happy or ways to feel fulfilled or what that next thing was. And I feel like I was just looking in the wrong places. So, you know, as this unfolded and I made the decision to leave my ex and to get a divorce and I was, I mean, I was young, I was a baby, I was like 25 years old and starting this whole new chapter and, uh, you know, kind of beat down at that point in my life. And I can honestly say when I started pursuing possibility, when I started looking at all that life had to offer and really leaning into my strengths and not having somebody that maybe told me those strengths were weaknesses and that those weren't good qualities. I I just kind of came into myself and and I I made the decision that, you know what, 
uh, I, I come from a long line of of heartache, right? Like broken home, it, it causes heartache. Even if your your parents or parents do whatever they can to make it as happy as possible, it comes with heartache, and you know uh, that heartache can breed additional heartache. And it comes a point in time where you have to make the decision to break that cycle. So for me, when I started pursuing business ventures and you know looking at uh, what it means to be a visionary for a company and working alongside Brian. And again, leaning into the things that that I knew I could make an impact and a lasting impression on other people's lives. I mean, that that really shaped who I am today. And today I can say I'm a heck of a lot more confident than I ever was way back then. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of dreaming big and not letting anybody tell you that you can't do something or you're not capable or you're not good enough. Uh, and that's really what I try to inspire in others. So Brittany, maybe 15 years ago and Brittany now, Two very different people, but the same core heart, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but but this version way more happier. Uh, amen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. So the, much happier, um, and, and and I can say too, like if you think about it, I can't remember who said this. I want to give credit, but you know, you're the product of the five people you put yourself around the most, right? Yeah. And at that time, you know, a couple people in my life probably were the reason that I was not that, you know, shining person and the personality that I am today and, uh, you know, the happy person and the fulfilled person. And, you know, I'm always going to be that person that's maybe not ever contented just because mm -hmm. I think there's so much opportunity for growth for forever and ever. Amen. Uh, but it, it's, it, yeah, you look back and you look at who was in your life and how that influenced you, both the negative and the positive, it makes a difference. Do you feel like, you know, kind of summarizing, this transition, do you feel like it's a, a leadership transition? Like you started to just take charge of your own life? Like were, did, were you like looking extrinsically for your happiness and satisfaction? Like you're looking for someone to deliver it to you for to kind of happen. And until you got the entrepreneurial or maybe the leadership influence in your life that you started to kind of turn inward a little bit more and start leading your own path. Is it, is that it? You know, I think that's a really fair way of saying it. And I, I can honestly say, I don't know that I've ever looked at it exactly like that, but I think that's pretty dead on. Mm. Uh, you know, I had what was a pretty rocky relationship with my dad. And, you know, when that happiness maybe wasn't fulfilled there, then leaning on somebody who maybe had similar characteristics in some capacities. And, you know, when I did make that decision, and I, I, I remember this like it was yesterday, actually, um, when I made that decision to say, hey, I want a divorce. And, you know, I remember calling my mom and my stepdad and being like, I know I can do this. This is going to be so hard. I mean, I had questions flying through my head. Like I had a mortgage. I, I, I had a house that I knew I was going to have to take care of all by myself mm -hmm. at, you know, a really young age. And, and I just decided, I was like, you know what? I have no idea how this is going to work out, but I have to do this for me. Mm -hmm. And it was that point and realizing that nobody's coming to save me. Uh, nobody's going to make me happy besides me. But having the wherewithal to make the decision and say, you know what, I am going to take control of my life. And this might hurt other people along the way, but I have to do this for me because if I'm not a whole person and if I'm not leaning into the, my best self and if I'm not you know, fulfilling my own life and, and my own uh, wants and needs and all of that, then this is all going to be for nothing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I think, I think that's so true. When you look back, it's, it's leaning on other people and, and looking for happiness in them. I think you're dead on. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, to your detriment. Like when you look for happiness to be delivered to you, you know, from someone else before you find it within yourself. And even look, we're bouncing around Stephen Covey. Like I think he even talks about the habits being, you know, the habits of in, independence first before you can mm -hmm. employ the habits of interdependence. And you know, and I kind of preach that in a lot of different ways today because. Like, I don't know, we've got kids, right? And I kind of tell my yeah. son who's becoming a teen, like, hey, man, like, uh, man, Luke Harlan, who's been a hot podcast guest, said this, and I got to give him credit. Like, if you want a 10, you got to be a 10, right? And it's just like, work on you and the right people will find you, you know, they'll seek you out and then you'll have choices, you know, as opposed to kind of like always looking out there and trying to justify yourself, you know, and it, it, it just that that's a part that, that I want to kind of instill confidence in my own kids kind of like from this lesson here, like to, to focus yeah. on yourself, be know who you are, what you want to be, be happy with you so that you can find someone to be happy with, you know, and they'll be happy for you. And so, you know, and it, it does tie back, there's maybe a common theme here in, you know, really figuring out who you are. And sometimes, and I think this actually came from, it was a speech that um, Matthew McConaughey gave actually. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he has the book that he just released. I think it was part of his book tour on, what is it? Green lights or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but, but talking about how, you know, when you look at yourself and you look at, um, you know, what you're pursuing and who you are, sometimes it's easier to decide who you are not and what you will not tolerate, because then you can start leaning forward into your value system and determining what you will stand for and mm -hmm. what you will tolerate and who you are as a person. So, you know, maybe one of those first steps is deciding who you're not. And for me, it was like, I'm not that woman that allows myself to be backed into a corner. And I'm not that woman that allows somebody to talk to me in a, a, a poor way or treat me like I'm nothing or, you know, whatever that is. So I think everybody has their own story and everybody has, you know, different things they can think about or turning points in their life. But it really is. It's like, and I love that. I, I'm going to use that in the future. Like if you want a 10, if you want to attract a 10, you got to be a 10. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, focusing on yourself. Again, it's focusing on what you can control. It's, you know, leaning into your full potential and always knowing that you can be even better than you are today. Like that's yes. a huge driver for me. And that gets me excited is I know that who I am a year from now is going to be a little bit different than who I am today and go fast forward five years, 10 years. I mean, there, there's never ending improvement. I think we can all, we can all live by that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a really great point, right? It's like if you don't know what you want, start listing what you don't want and start going in the opposite direction of that, right? And that'll start yielding. It's right, like I, I kind of look at like um clarity a bit like algebra, right? Like sometimes there's a variable you don't know. So the case of I don't know what I want. Okay, fine. What don't you want? Right. And that'll start showing you a part of the formula that'll help you find out the positive part of formula, whatever's on the other side of the equation, if you will. And, and yeah, if you don't know what you want, you probably know what you don't want and just pull a 180 and run the opposite direction. See where So true. And you know, this is funny. So I'm literally looking at this little like card that I have on my desk and I'm going to try to pull this out without knocking down the mic and everything else. But <laughs> so it's a quote from Darren Hardy. 
And I have this laminated and it has been on my desk for years, like literally years. But it says, you don't usually achieve what you want to have. You only achieve what you have to have. Mm -hmm. And for me, that has been an absolute like guiding light, guiding principle, because it can be hard. Like, like what's that whole adage? Like if you, if the universe is confused by what you want, it's really hard for it to produce the result that you desire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you can get clear about what you want in life, clear about your intentions and decide like not the stuff that you necessarily want to be true, but has to be true for your life and just going all in on that and committing to that my goodness, the opportunities are then endless. Yeah. It's just being clear and narrowing it down. Like Warren Buffett, you know, he, he's the biggest proponent of no. You mentioned no earlier. What do you say no to? I mean, he says no to like 99 out of 100 things that come his way. And that's attributed to his success. I think we can mm -hmm. all learn a little bit from that. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, previous podcast guest, uh, Dave Wolcott, yeah, um, we were talking about wealth. And as we were talking about something, just in passing, he goes, well, you know, my strategy X, because I'm going to live 116 years old and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hold on, man. Rewind. What did you say? <laughs> like, and he was like, I'm going to live to be 116 years old. And he was so clear about it. And he had a, he had a case for it. And I said, you know what, Dave, like you're going to live to be 116 years old. Like, like you've just brought that vision and the clarity to, I said, there's, you're going to be 116 years old, man. Like good for you because it was everything that you say, like he had a clear plan, a vision, a why, like he had all the clarity there. And I'm like, Hey man, good for you. There's so it's, it's you're like, it's, you do you and you're 116. <laughs> he's going to, he's going to get it. You know? no, but I he was so, that, he was though. so clear about it. Like he was like, yeah, I, I know what I, he, I mean, he knew it all. He knew his finances. He knew what he had to do health wise. Like just the fact that he had that goal, mm. he knew all the other things he had to do to, to reach it. And that's, that's just the power of, of being clear about what you want. I mean, all the rest of it just presents itself. You know, you just start engineering to it. You know, and, and I think it brings up such a good point too, that, you know, when you think about, I mean, he had everything dialed in and that's how he knew he was going to be. He was going to live to 116. You know, I think about aspects of our lives where, you know, if there is any sense of uncertainty in one area, I think that's where people can tend to kind of put their head in the sand. So if your finances, you're nervous, you're like, I don't know if this is going to support my future. I'll just ignore it and hope that it gets better and focus over here. Or, you know, I know I should probably be maybe a little bit of a better spouse, but things are okay. So I'll just ignore it. And I'm going to keep focusing over here. You know, whatever that is, I think sometimes that one thing that you know needs the work that you keep procrastinating or putting off, that's the one that probably demands your attention almost immediately mm -hmm. so that you can get that clarity so that we don't, you know, kind of tuck away and hope for the best over here while our attention is diverted. So I think that holistic, you know, approach and just knowing what you want in life and you start in one point and you move through the rest of them. You don't have to have them all figured out today. Yeah, absolutely. So with regard to your work with, with sweet, like what do you see, you know, when it comes to like clarity, like what do most folks lack clarity on for their financial future, like where they're going or what's, what's like, what's typical that you find you guys find yourselves, you know, helping people with most often. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because we are super fortunate to work with people who have accumulated a great amount of wealth and have been diligent, whether it's the form of, you know, them being a business owner and they had a liquidity sale, or, you know, they've just been people that have worked really hard over the years and they've been great diligent savers. But it's interesting because no matter how much money 
a person has, there's a couple things that come up almost verbatim every time. It's, will I have enough? And what in the world am I going to do with my time? Mm. So it's like we we work with a lot of people who are at that retirement stage. So everybody knows what they're retiring from. You know, at some point in your life, even if you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, you know, you know what? I, I, I got up every day and I went to this job and I showed up and then I came home and I ate dinner with my family. And, you know, sometimes we'd watch a little TV and then we'd start over rinse and repeat a business owner, you know, you came up, you showed up, you built this business, you sold. So everybody knows what it is that they have retired from, but not everybody knows what they're going to do. And it's funny because, you know, we've gotten people that are like, you know, you know what I think I'm going to do with my time? I'm going to move south because hello, we're in Minnesota again, in case anybody forgot that Uh, we're going to move south and I'm going to play a bunch of golf and I'm going to join that, you know, community that has that great golf course right next door. And we're like, awesome. Have you ever golfed there before? No. Oh, okay. So have you been like a big golfer your whole life? Oh, not really, but it's always a hobby I've wanted to pick up. And we're like, oh my gosh, like go test it, go try this so that you can actually see if this is going to be your fulfillment. There's nothing worse than when somebody has this like idealistic picture, but then it turns out they hate it because then what? right? Then what are you going to do? So those are the common themes that we see and maybe, you know, uh, struggle or stick points that that people face regardless of the wealth that they've accumulated. So it's really interesting because that theme doesn't matter how much money you have. Those are the couple things that come up. What do you think like, um, I mean, how should people be kind of preparing for retirement at this point? Is it, should they be doing more than the classical 401k stuff? Should it be in addition to that, I mean, you talked about some some fortunate folks, but is there any like 101 that people should be doing at a minimum to, to be thinking about or resources they should be looking at? Yeah, you know, obviously we we talk a lot about, you know, maximizing your 401k. If you are employed by somebody, right? This is the people that, you know, you don't have your own your own deal going on. Um, if you're employed by somebody, get the max. And I know you hear that over and over again, but it's insane how many people, you know, are eligible for a certain max and they don't put in the full amount to get that full. It's free money. Like, like that. And you're talking about the matching, like if they're matching to, to max the match. To max their, yeah, their employer contribution. So a lot of times within the 401k, your employer will match up to a certain percentage of your salary. So taking full advantage of that. But otherwise, I mean, when we look at some of our most successful investors, it's diversification, you know, whatever that means to you, you know, that can be your traditional investing. Uh, But but what what do they say? And again, this is like 101, like investing is not hard, especially the the accumulation phase. I mean, we look at it and we say within our company, we understand that investment management is truly a commodity. Like anybody who is diligent about putting money away and planning for their future and working with somebody who can basically work the numbers backwards, the accumulation phase is not hard. It's the distribution phase where people typically get stuck and you can make really poor decisions when it comes to tax inefficiencies, uh, places where you know you give your money to the government instead of to yourself. Mm. So yeah, we, we recommend diversification. We are definitely not day traders. That is not the method that we use. Um, 
we prefer more long-term investment vehicles. So different strategies that you kind of set it and forget it. You know, for us, that's what we see as a great strategy that's worked really well for clients. Uh, but diversification, long-term picture, those are the couple things that we constantly focus on. Right. Yeah. Good. So they've got to they've got to be saving somewhere. So it's the magical pot of gold is not going to appear at at retirement. They're going to need to. Be, and I think you, the, probably the best thing with regard to this for folks that are maybe unclear there is is we've we've said it in so many ways. Like have a vision for like the future. Like what, what do you want it to look like? And then reverse engineer it back to like, how do you need to work that and couple that with the expertise of a advisor and, you know, chart your own path. You know, and it's, it's funny too, because, you know, again, we work with a lot of people who they're already at that stage where they have accumulated. But if you think about planning for your future, I, I always like to give this as an example. There are absolutely people who let's say you've accumulated, um, a million dollars, like through your lifespan, you've got a million dollars and and that will absolutely fund the life that you chose. There are other people that would need, you know, 20, 30, 50 million. And again, you're typically getting with, with what we see is the people who are business owners, who are entrepreneurs that are accumulating that type of wealth. But it, it depends on what your end goal is. And I think that's that's the issue. And again, this isn't just money management. This isn't just wealth planning for your future. This is every aspect of your life. You know, we just talked a little bit about focusing on the things you can control and deciding what you actually want. I think that is one of the biggest uh, mistakes that people can make is if you don't have a clear trajectory for what you want your life to look like and what opportunities or possibilities or experiences you want to have, it, it becomes really tough to tell you like what is enough. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I just heard the other day, I did an interview with a gentleman, his name's David Mancia. He's absolutely a brilliant, most wonderful, beautiful hearted individual. Uh, but he was talking about how one of his goals is building a financial fortress around his family that is indestructible. Now that hit home for me. And I was like, yes, my friend, that's what I want. <laughs> So again, that makes you make different choices. That makes you uh, make different decisions for your future. You know, building that kind of wealth often isn't done by working for somebody else. Let's just be transparent. Mm -hmm. uh, it's in creation. It's in bringing new ideas to market. It's in creating new business opportunities. It's in the right collaborations and partnerships. Uh, that's the kind of thing that you see. So again, you just have to define well, what do you want your future to look like? What do you want your legacy to look like? And then make decisions from there that support that vision. Yeah, no, I love it. And I think that's, and you said that from the heart of an entrepreneur, but it's, it's, it's another aspect that I think a lot, a lot of people don't realize is that, and I don't even want to oversimplify it. It is simple to start a business about something you're passionate about and deliver value to others and build wealth. But if you choose to work for someone, take that W2 job, you're going to cap yourself. Yeah, you know, there's yep. going to be there's going to be a market rate for your salary, and it's going to be what it's going to be, and there's going to be a cap. Whereas, like, I feel like in the world of entrepreneurship, like, there's no cap. You're going to be able to set what you want it to be as long as you're, you're open minded and you're kind of seeing where the market's taking you and and producing the right amount of value. Um, so I, I honor that you're saying that it's the folks that if there's listening out there looking for wealth and riches, you're not going to work it as you're not going to get that solely as the manager at Home Depot, right? Now, that's not to say you can't be frugal with your finances and be doing other things like real estate investment or whatever, like something else Absolutely. that you're educated on. Because if you think even like 
something I know with real estate and development, uh, if you think about that from the entrepreneurial mindset, you are like any other business, you are solving a problem that has value and, you know, that's a vehicle and that's entrepreneurship just as much as it is an investment, right? Um, so you can work that W-2 job. You just got to know that's not going to get you that, you know, Tahiti beach margarita lifestyle that you might dream of magically unless you really got some sort of other, you got to lead the way, man. Like that, that it's just not going to happen. You've got to like, chart the path to that and figure out how it's going to happen. And it's, it's well within reach too, right? And we're not, there's many, many, many people that do this, have done it and have done it every year. But to your point, right, they took charge to, to, to find their way to that. You know, and you're so dead on there. I mean, entrepreneurship, it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, there are so many ups and downs where literally there are days that go by that you're like, what in the world am I doing? (laughs) Here's one for you. I remember 2006, three years into business, was at at somewheres and and telling someone what I did with the IT company or whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, it must be nice having your own business. And like... You've never had your own business before, have you? Because it's really not a whole lot. There's nice things, but it's a lot of freaking hard work, man. Like, I don't get to clock you're out. Actually, at the end it's of the terrible. Day. No. Yeah. Hey, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, but you're right, hundred percent. Yeah, it, it's it, it's about you know taking control of your future, and and that's just it. It's like if you're listening to this and you are the, I mean, you use the Home Depot manager, you know, type position, and that's what you love, and you're happy, and you've created a future or created a vision of your future, and that's what gets you there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Like go all in, be the best you can be in the role that you are in and that you love. But again, if you're looking at you know, creating massive impact and creating legacy, it requires a certain uh, risk, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's calculated risk and you have to decide are the potential rewards on the other end, is it worth the risk? And if the answer is yes, then awesome. And if it's not, then okay, it's not for you. Uh, but there's another point too that, that we get asked about a lot because I, I think real estate in general, especially with, with what we've seen in the last handful of years, that's uh, an attractive market to a lot of people. And, and the thing that we say, and we have conversations on our leadership team about this too, that you know, you kind of have to do whatever is your biggest interest and whatever your strength is. Mm-hmm. So for us, I mean, I, again, I, I say this jokingly, but you know, it, the boring is better, right? The long-term strategy. And w- I mean, there's a whole bunch of different models and investment vehicles that we use. So obviously there's a ton of thought and complex planning and we have brilliant people that make those decisions. You know, I like to say I'm the people person, not the numbers person. So we've got people hired that that do all that great stuff. But if you have this massive strength when it comes to the real estate market, then great. You know, at some point in time, you're going to have that cash. You're going to have to make decisions on what to do for it. And then all of a sudden you start turning into or turning to look at some of the longer term strategies as well. So it's just, you have to plan your strengths, plan Mm -hmm. what interests you, plan what you're good at, make decisions on how much time you want to spend in that wealth build. And and you go from there. I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it's not complicated. What do they say? It's, it's simple, but not easy. Yeah. Simple, but not easy. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's a hundred percent. That's, and I, I agree, like it comes back to the vision because it's certainly no knock against anyone that's W2 and out there. Yeah. It's a, it's a nod towards 
establishing your vision, right? And know what your plan is to get where that is. I mean, you know, I, you know, around here, I'm, you know, I'm early forties. I'm, I'm amongst friends who are kind of hitting retirement, who have been career firefighters and things like that. And kind of talking about them, they're like, yeah, next year my house is paid off and then I'm going to retire. And, and because, and they kind of had this pseudo plan that their, their major expenses are gone and, and they kind of know what their retirement will yield and they can see like, Hey, I'm, I'm happy with what I am. And I know next year when my mortgage is done and I'm, I'm, I'm due for retirement, I can do it and live out the rest of my, like they have a plan, like they, they have a vision, they have a plan and it's all simple and simple is good. I'm a simple, simple guy myself. So, um, but I think a lot of people just don't, for whatever reason, aren't thinking that far ahead sometimes. And they get kind of shell shocked with like the events, right? The, the Home Depot closes, you know, 50% of their stores or whatever. And yeah, you know, it's, it's that stuff. So. Yeah. No, and, and you're you're completely right. And again, I think it's it's intentionality, right? It's intentionality and it's congruency. Like and I think you said the word congruent earlier and that that word always jumps out at me. And I think too like any time you feel any sort of internal unrest, like where you're, you know, something's off or you're just not feeling good about your path or or whatever that might look like, I truly believe that it's because you're living out of congruency with what you are put on this earth to do, Mm -hmm. right? So I think we have to pay attention to that. So regardless of what stage of life you're at, you know, what, what your career is, what your trajectory is, what your path is, whatever that is, I think we have to pay attention to that congruency word and really lean into what makes us feel, and I don't want to go woo woo with this, but what makes us feel complete, what makes us feel whole, what makes us feel fulfillment and what makes us feel like we are truly being the best that we can be. So I just wanted to pull that out there for a minute. Yeah. Man, it's it's a good call. Like intentionality, you'll find your joy and your intentionality and yeah. your congruency. And and but but at the same time, you know, I, I also tell people like, hey, this isn't like, you know, find it as an excuse to avoid the thing because of the things you're avoiding. Like, right, you know what I'm saying? Like you could be doing hard things and just not be happy. Or you could be telling yourself you're not happy because you're avoiding doing hard things. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, a hundred percent, I'm with you. And I even say, I even side with the woo woo because, just again, you can have all the money in the world and not be happy. You know, because mm-hmm. you're just doing the wrong things, and that's where congruency comes in. Um, because I've seen that. I, I've seen guys that have tens of millions of dollars doing all the wrong things, wondering why they're not happy, and it's like. Did you need to ask? Like, look in the mirror, bro. Like, look, look at what you're doing, and and then ask that question. Ask yourself that question, and you know, in in and otherwise. So, it, it is important to be congruent with your values. But that comes back to where we started in the beginning with clarity, like knowing who you are, what's important to you, and and staying in alignment with those things because that's where that lack of fulfillment or joy in life, because you're just not in alignment with your core values. And sometimes you're, you're chasing someone else's values, right. That have mm-hmm. been put on you that marchers in the first place, but you were, uh, I call it the sloth of mind where you're like kind of lazily adopt, you know, your, your, your parents blueprint or your small town blueprint, or what, like what you said, like your, your, what's your older cousins doing or whatever for college, yep. right? You like, you just find yeah. someone else's blueprint and you start marching down it only to realize that it's not yours and you're not happy with it. And you may have had great success in it, but it's not congruent with what you're all about. So it's, it's important. We were not or whatever. Like it's, 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 it is, it's legit. I'll tell you that yeah. I've, I've lived long enough to know that that's legit. <laughs> 
And there's, there's proof of it all around. I mean, it's exactly what, what you're talking about there. And if you think about it, like values, like truly, if you want to go to the core of all of this, everything we're talking about, like value establishment is literally the launch pad for every decision in your life. Mm -hmm. So again, it goes back to those people that have tens of millions, hundreds of millions, like whatever that case is, if they have not established like that true definition of, of what their values are and, and what they want to be aligned and congruent with, then everything's kind of for nothing. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, the, the entrepreneur who is, uh, has said over the years that, you know, they value their family first, family first, family first, and then they get 20, 30 down, years down the road and they don't even know their kids, mm -hmm. right? Because they've made choices that are out of alignment. And then what happens is, is people end up spiraling down a really negative path or they're constantly chasing the next thing because they haven't gone after what truly gets them fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So I, I think values, if you want to start at something or start somewhere, regardless of what stage in life you're at, that's the place to start. And then reassessing them, right? Coming back to them and making sure that you're saying, hey, is this still truly who I am? Because we change, mm -hmm. we evolve. It's like you said, Brittany, 15 years ago, that's, that's not who I am today. And I would say that my values absolutely shifted in a positive direction after making mm -hmm. some decisions. So yep. yeah, reassess where you're at and, and decide who you are and what you want. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that comes with more clarity as you progress and you, you might not know, you only know what you know about your values at that time. And as you progress and you learn more, you experience more and yeah, you can change, you grow, you evolve and your values may shift or whatever as, as your awareness and, you know, so on presents itself. Um, you're talking about family. So how, how do you do it? You got, you got the three kids, husband at home, like what's the, how do you, you know, what are some ways that you kind of balance things out between all that you're doing, the long list of author, speaker, entrepreneur, and all that good stuff? Like, how do you how do you make time for the family and and even everything out? You know, um, first of all, I make sure that I don't sleep. That's step one. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. no you, you know, it, it's funny because this whole term of balance that's such a big thing, and and I think people chase proverbial balance, like work life balance. Personally, for me, I don't believe that there is such a thing. I think life is a gigantic teeter-totter. And as long as you don't let one side stay down or up for too terribly long, I think it's okay to have, you know, give and take and push and pull. So for me, you know, when, when I am looking at planning my schedule, and, and again, this is a work in progress. I am not a perfect human being by any means. Uh, but I really try to be conscious of being, again, intentional with my time. So if I know that I'm going to have a weekend with, you know, where our kids are going to, we're going to go do something with the kids. We're going to go take them. I try my darndest to be fully present in that moment. If I am at a conference and I am all in on building the business and working on the business, then I truly try to be all in on that. And I'll tell you, you know, one of the struggles I've seen with other entrepreneurial, and I'll just use women in particular, just because that's the evidence I've seen personally, is when we try to, uh, pull them all together and achieve this like perfect balance. I think about being in a conference, like there's, there's plenty of people who travel with their families. So they go to a conference and they bring their families with thinking that that's, you know, a, a great way to do it because yeah, I'll be in these meetings during the day, but then at night I can be with them and they can have fun. and It'll be great. For some people, I think that works well in certain, certain situations though, 
you're, you're kind of halfway present because you're in that conference and you're thinking about your family having fun without you. And then at night you're like with your family and you're excited to be there, but you're thinking, gosh, I should really be at that networking dinner. So I think it's just drawing those lines in the sand. Um, a, a great book on this actually is by Randy Zuckerberg, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's sister. She wrote pick three. And the whole premise of it is, is that you cannot be everything to everyone every day. So if I showed up here and I've been guilty of this, but you're like, okay, today I'm going to be the best, uh, the best leader ever. And I'm going to be a great wife and I'm going to be a wonderful mother and I'm going to be such a good friend and I'm going to work out. My health is number one. And you just start doing this and, 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 and at the end of the day, you're like, I sucked in all categories. Like what happened? Where did my day, where did I lose control? And the whole premise of it is, is you choose three, you choose three things that you're going all in on. So in any given day, you know, you might be a great leader for your team. You might be a great mom at night and you might be a great spouse listening to your significant other in the evening when the kids go to bed. Right? So it's really about choosing and being intentional and not putting guilt on yourself when you're with one and not the other. It's this imbalance. It's the teeter-totter effect. Yeah. No, I love it. And, and you've said it a few times. It's that intentionality, right? Like be intentional. Like, hey, I'm going to be present at this conference this week. And since I've been gone at this conference all week, this weekend, we're going to the park, you know, and I'm going to be all in there, right? Like just lead the way, man. Map it out. Like, in, in, And I would say, too, something to add. And just – no one works going to be there Monday. Like, you know, even as an entrepreneur, like I, I see like sometimes we can, there's always something to be done. Right. You know, and oh, we feel like <laughs> we feel like we have to do it. Like be, the fact that it exists means it has to be done, but <laughs> we always have to like challenge ourselves and go, does it have to be right now when the right now is, you know, the kids are home or they're on break or whatever. And, you know, challenge, like, does it have to be right now? Do I need to be working late? again, you know, or whatever the case may be. And sometimes the truth is you don't, you know, um, it's, um, it's an area I think just entrepreneurs sometimes struggle with because they, they carry the weight, right. The responsibility of getting it done, but sometimes it, it can wait till tomorrow. Like, you know, it, it's so funny you say that too. I mean, I'm literally like, my brain is just reeling with this because that whole thing with, because it's out there, it needs to be done. Mm. My husband will attest to this too. If I see something, he, he's a carpenter, he's a, uh, he has his own construction business. And, you know, if I see something that needs to get fixed in the house, it needs, it needs to be done now. <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, you know, I think about it and it, it's all about not taking yourself too terribly seriously. And, and I think true, like this true harmony happens when you look at your life, right? Look at life as a whole, not as my career life, not as my parent life, not as my spouse life, my friend life, whatever. Look at your life as a whole and find something that allows you to be you and do the work that you're doing in every aspect of your life. So for me, you, you know, the core, yeah, we have the wealth planning and yeah, we coach advisors and yeah, you know, I have a platform coming up for women and all this, whatever. But the core of it, the whole core is helping people pursue their dreams. Literally, like that's what I wake up to do every single day is to help people in the pursuit of possibility and what matters to them. And then what does that mean? That means that that's what I'm doing with my kids. 
That's what I'm doing with my spouse. That's what I encourage in my friends. It's like, this is who I am and this is how I show up. And this is how I'm going to show up regardless of who you are in my life. I'm going to cheer from you on the sidelines. I have been guilty of being that proverbial cheerleader where I'm constantly, you know, positive poly, the optimistic, sometimes to a fault, but that's who I am and that's how I show up and that's how I'm put on this earth or what I'm put on this earth earth to do and how to serve. So find something, just find something that you are truly passionate about. That's meaningful to you and try to have that be the common thread and common theme in your life. And all of a sudden that whole struggle of work-life balance and all of that, it's never going to go away, but it just gets a heck of a lot easier. Yeah, for sure. The, what's the, what's the work that you're doing with women these days? Yeah. So there's a couple different avenues that, that I'm doing there. So within Sweet Financial, we have and, and have had for quite a while now, actually, it's it's going on, I think, 10 years this year, uh, a program called Women Forward. So it's a completely free membership, but the whole point is helping women navigate life's toughest transitions. So we're looking at you know widowhood, divorce, sudden inheritance from you know family members. There's the empty nesters, uh, anything that causes this massive pivot in your life in our whole goal through it. And the reason we do it for for free at, at the initial membership level is because we want the women that engage with us to be able to say, I am so glad I had you versus I wish I would have known. So that's where, where I've really spent a, a good portion of my time in the past years. Uh, now, the, the platform I'm building out now is for uh, career-minded women, entrepreneurial women who want to do all the things, <laughs> who are excited about the future, but also have kids at home and, and help them you know, use processes, use systems, use their strengths to their advantage so that they can have both and not feel like they have to sacrifice one for the other. I think back actually, and I don't, I don't know why this conversation sticks with me, but it does. But I was talking to a woman who she had achieved like more in her lifespan. She's in her forties. She had achieved more than most people do in like five lives. Uh, super successful attorney. She had done wonderful things, given back to her community. And one of her biggest regrets was waiting so long to have a family because there came a point where, you know, she was blessed with one child but she couldn't have any more. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of the laws of nature there. And that was hard. And, and I sat there looking at that anguish and that pain. And I thought, my gosh, like it doesn't have to be this way. Uh, and then there's the, the woman too, who feels like, well, you know, if, if I want my kids, you know, people think I should probably not work right now and I should just put my career on hold and I just need to be solely focused on them. And, you know, I, I always say, I'm like, if that's what you want, like you personally, that's what you want, then girl, go all in and be that mama and be there for your kids. Mm -hmm. But if that's not what you want, don't allow yourself to feel guilted into that. Right. You know, you can have both. It's a balancing act, but you can have both. So that's really what I'm working on going forward. Right. Wow. Yeah. No, I love that. And because it, it's conversations that that need to be had, you know, to help to help them find the congruency to what what would like you said, what makes them happy, you know, and whether it's yeah. one or the other or finding a way to do both. You can do both. It's been done. You know, it's just, you know. Well, and there's, it, it's funny too, because, and again, I, I am not, I, I do not consider myself uh, like, he, he, yay, rah, go women. Like, right. Like it's, it's just, I am a woman and that's who I can relate to the most. And, mm -hmm. you know, but it's interesting though, because if you put like myself and an entrepreneurial male who, you know, you have three kids, Dale, you put us in the same room and people are asking us about themselves and they're like, oh yeah, I have three kids. And well, people are constantly to the woman going, oh my gosh. 
how are you doing it all? And it's like, well, he has three kids too. And you didn't ask him the same <laughs> dang question. <laughs> so again, it's just kind of this notion of, okay, well, women, we maybe have, you know, it, it's just the responsibilities are different or the perception yeah. is different, however you want to look at it. So, so yeah, if, if I can help some, you know, create that, that harmony and, and get a little bit more imbalanced, right. Healthy imbalance versus the yeah. perfect balance. Yeah. Uh, then I think, you know, I've put some good into the world. Yeah. So like, so I think it's Goggins has some quote about sometimes you got to be unbalanced so that you can get balanced. Sometimes you got to go all in on this project so you can see it through and then reap the rewards of the balance on the other side of it. But you just yeah. got to know that, like have your goal set and have that end game. You know, when it comes to, um, you know, habits, you know, if you were going to tell someone you're mentoring, you know, what's makes you successful, you know, what, what would it be? Mm. You know, when I look at habits, I mean, I could go down the whole path of make sure you have a morning routine because that's what everybody tells you. Uh, but, but a couple things I would just pull out is number one, make sure that you have something that you do for your health, mm. move your body. Right. And, and I don't care what time of day you do it. You know, there are a million things that say that working out in the morning is the best way to start your day. There's a whole bunch of science around it. But if that doesn't work for you and a midday workout or an evening workout or whatever, it doesn't matter. Just get it in. Just get it in and get it done. Um, you know, I can physically tell, you know, mental brain fog will set in for me. Mm. Uh, I'll become more sluggish, lose focus when I'm not moving my body in some capacity and working out in some way. So habit, make that a habit. Um, also making sure that you are blocking thinking time mm. and it sounds a little bit nuts, but when you look at your calendar, especially like when you talk about the entrepreneur and if it's out there, it needs to get done. That is such a trap. And I am one, seriously, I am preaching from a state of doing that exact thing is thinking I have to do everything right now, but blocking time on your calendar just to make sure that you have space to think, space to get clarity, space to learn and grow and not just be in the minutia of the day-to-day. -day. I think that is a great, if you want to call it habit or you know trait or whatever, mm -hmm. um, something that you need to do it and put into your calendar. Uh, the other thing too, is I think just, I, I, this word keeps coming up, but it's all about intention. So whatever it is you choose, if it's a great morning routine, if it's a great evening routine, it's just making sure that you have commitments to yourself that you can fulfill. That is a great way to get, rem, um, get momentum for your future, right? So you're mm -hmm. moving towards these goals. You're that high achieving personality. You're go, 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 go. But, but I can tell you, if you don't have things where you can check off that little box at the end of the day, mm -hmm. it is really easy to go into a downward spiral. Yeah. So making sure that you've just, you've just got something. Again, I'm not here. I'm not going to get on the pedestal about the morning routine, the evening routine, whatever. You just have to choose something and go all in. There's a million great resources out there for it too. Yeah. And, and none of them are right. There's just yours. You know what oh I mean? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you for saying that because, you know, that's, that's one thing that, whatever, I could go down the, the rabbit hole on this one, but it drives me crazy because I think everybody who has, you know, whether it's like some sort of a habit or routine or something that they teach on, they believe that that is true. Yeah. And that is the only way to success. And I think that's where people start beating themselves up because they think, oh my gosh, well, this guy, he's really smart and he's so successful and he's doing that. And that doesn't work for me. So what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. and, and that's just not the case. Like take yeah. the culmination of all the really cool systems out there and find something that works for you. Yeah, and It's as simple as that. Find something that works for you. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. So, uh, 
bring this bringing this to a close how do people find you online and what you're doing and so on and so forth Yes. So uh, we have an absolutely wonderful resource center on the Sweet Financial website. So you can actually go to mysweetfinancial.com. That gets you access to what's called our Retirement Readiness Center. Uh, The thing I will say is that there is just a ton of, it's all free and there's great tools for mindset, planning for your future, stating your values, getting clear on what you want. So that's one way. Um, Also, if you want to, you can just email me directly, Brittany at sweetfinancial.com. Dale, I'll make sure that you've got all of my social links and everything. So I love connecting with new people, love learning new stories and and seeing other other people doing really cool things. So feel free to connect with me and I answer every email. Uh, so feel free to reach out. No, I think it's awesome. No, it's been a great conversation. I really am thankful that you came on and share your story and a lot of, a lot of good wisdom there. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you, Dale. It was a pleasure. Yep. Same. Bye-bye.